My name is Jake McLean. And I'm Max Eisen. And you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Well, uh, welcome back, friends, uh, to another thrilling episode of the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Almost a lethal leap year edition. Almost, yeah. Damn, we should have recorded on the leap year. That would have been cool. Would have. Only coming to you every four years. Lethal leap year. Missed opportunity. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, so let's uh, let's start off with some happies and crappies. Crappy. Um. Yeah, you know, I don't think I, I don't think I got one. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah, a happy. Must be nice. Uh, Friday night McLean family bowling tournament uh, slash karaoke showdown uh, was pretty good. Uh, so did you, did you break out Frank? Uh, oh, you know I did. <laughs> Frank broke out Dean, broke out Michael. Michael, uh, Mr. Buble. Mr. Buble. Um, no, it was, uh, it was a great time. Uh, I'll tell you more about that after we do your happies and crappies. Sure. Um, my crappy is my... For some, I mean, my back is hurting today. That's why I said it must be nice. I don't know why, but my back, uh, you know, I've been going to the chiropractor. Uh, but for some reason, like I'll go in and they'll be like, so how, how's your back doing the day? I'm like, it's the same. <laughs> it still cracks every time I move in a weird play. Same soup, different day. Same, same stuff. Um, happy, uh, Alyssa and I. And then um, my coworker, David, and his wife, Caitlin, we went to the uh, UT versus uh, Florida game. Hmm. Funny that uh, they weren't featured in your, in your pictures. Uh, on, on well, we didn't take a group picture, which we really should have because um, we were fortunate enough by, uh, you know, uh, Dean, Dean Mashburn, Dean Scott, uh he gave us sweet little tickets Ooh. Uh, and so it was a thrilling game and uh they had free food uh free drinks um yeah it was pretty awesome and uh it will make seeing any other kind of game uh just incomparable because we literally had a staff person who was there uh it was like, yeah, if you need anything, just let me know. That is incredible. Yeah, we actually went to a Lady Balls game a couple weeks ago, and we had the same. We also had a suite, uh, and they're like, yeah, here's a piece of paper. If there's any food that you want, just put a tally by it, and we got it. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, long way from Genoa, Illinois. Uh, just <laughs> perspective, man. It's just crazy. So, it was a lot of fun. Uh, lethal leap year. So, uh, you know, last time in the podcast, uh-huh. um, in it, you know, we're just in the thick of it. In, in the thick of it. Uh, you mentioned wanting to talk a little bit more about leadership. So for our, uh, our listeners in the internet, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about leadership. It's the Leadership Podcast. The Life Leadership and Laughs podcast. Yeah, so we do a lot of life and laughs the past couple episodes, but we want to make sure the people 
are getting uh, their fill on leadership. But, you know, you know, I will say that I do think that we've snuck leadership in. I think it's been, I think it's been a, a good balance of all three. Um, I just, I think that sometimes we take a a very sharp turn to leadership and a higher ed context because yeah. of the world that we live in. Sure. Um, but I recognize that not all of our audience members uh, live in our world. In our world, right? So, uh, in order to make this a, a more inclusive. Um, experience how do i do this leadership thing yeah uh, experience for everybody yeah so leadership is a ship oh my god uh and i think the office at me i know i think you need to well the leadership gallery is kind of what started the whole old plus the office where they mention like it's the booze cruise episode uh they talk about leadership and like they talk about the actual ship, but that kind of like transcended into your activity of the leadership gallery. Yeah. You know, uh, so for uh, those listening who have never been in a leadership program of mine, um, I do this activity called uh, the leadership gallery. And I actually um, took it uh, from a, um, from a class I had for um, grad school. Uh, one of the first activities that we did in our intro to leadership theory uh, course was um, we drew our definition of leadership. Uh, so we got about five, 10 minutes to work in a small group uh, and, and work this out. And basically it is, um, you know, what is, um, how would you draw and illustrate a definition of leadership without using any words? Yeah. And so, um, I have since facilitated that activity for, uh, you know, five years. Yeah. A, a bunch of people. Um, I do it every year as part of the intro to leadership stuff uh, that I do with Stockdale fellows. Uh, and so um, when I drew mine, um, I was working with someone who worked in like a hospital setting, uh, somebody who was an office administrator for one of the offices at St. Ambrose and then me. Um, and so uh, we were, uh, the idea came up that we should draw a, um, like an atom, uh, and like you got the nucleus and that's, and that's the leader, the leaders at the center of everything. Yeah. Cause I was just remembering that when you did it at the fraternity story life, new officer retreat, I think someone also drew like the solar system mm-hmm. and it had like the sun in the middle. And that was like. I think they, what is that? They decided, like they said, that was like the leader and like the solar system around it was like the followers. Yeah. 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 It was so wild. I mean, it's been, uh, I've done this activity so many times. I see something different, I think, every time. Yeah. Uh, there's always the occasional person now who will like draw me and I'm like, oh, that's cute. But uh, am I a leader all the time? Hmm. Good for thought. I, I don't think so. Uh, and so, um, we have a, just a really good conversation about what leadership is and what it is not. Yeah. So speaking of that, what would you say is your definition of being a leader? So one of the uh, one of the one of the bigger authors in leadership uh, is uh, 
Joseph uh, Roast, uh, who we used as our guiding definition for our grad program. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to use it now um, for the one part I'll tell you about. So um, if you uh, go according to him, according to Joe Roast, uh, you got uh, a Rost, I don't know. Uh, so he says that leadership is an influence process uh, made up of leaders and followers who intend real change that reflects their mutual purpose. And so if you break that down, um, you know, the, the influence process, it has to be a process of influence because if anybody's using any authority, then that's not really representative of what leadership is. Uh, it is more uh, management. Mm. Uh, and so there, while there's uh, definitely like, if you have a, if you have a position of um, authority in an organization, then certainly uh, authority has to be used. So back to my point earlier, um, you know, it, am I really a leader if I'm doing X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, my position gives me a certain amount of power. Um, and if I'm ever using that authority, like mandating a meeting or things like that, that's not really, it's not really influence. That's authority. If you think about the intention of real change, um, you know, when we, um, when we usually think about leaders, um, you know, we expect them to uh, deliver and define uh, their results. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, um, we really focus on the delivery of results, uh, not the definition of it. Uh, and so we usually define success uh, universally as winning something, completing a task, you know, the list yeah. on there. Um, but does that mean that leadership hasn't taken place uh, if you have failed? And I don't think so. I think um, even in yeah. failure, there's something to have been gained by the team or learned by the team. Um, and so, um, so yeah, the intention of real change. And then you get to the, to the real change piece. Um, you know, if you're not trying to improve your community in some way, if you're not trying, like if you are keeping, uh, the status quo all the time, um, they're not really leading. You're just maintaining the status quo. But if you're leading some sort of change and bringing about some sort of kind of community impact sort of a thing. Um, I don't know. That makes a, makes a real difference. So I really like that uh, definition. That's a very uh, literal textbook definition. Um, but that's where it's at for me. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you just said and was reflecting as and listening when you were just describing your definition that guided your master's program and, it really kind of kind of hit me what you said about like the management versus bringing in people into the process to try and have a shared vision to create change. Oh yeah. Because uh, it reminds me a lot of my presidency of ZBT. Mm. Oh yeah. Because when I first started, it was all about managing and putting out all the fires. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I like, I don't, I wouldn't say that, I was really practicing leadership until my second semester of, um, you know, my fall semester where I was trying to really 
build community, have people be a part of the process, making decisions that are informed by others' opinions and thoughts and perspectives. Because my first semester, it was okay, we've worn some form of probation due to a sanction for a party. Right. Uh, we're in the hole monetarily. Uh, we had like one of the worst semesters grade wise. Uh, like we were at like a 2.5 and we had people that were leaving the fraternity kicked mm-hmm. out of school. Um, and, you know, I can still remember um, like senior formal uh, we were on social probation and uh, we didn't have any money to go somewhere off campus and trying to do it in the fraternity complex. But uh, assistant director of fraternity story life, Billy Bernard was like, you guys are on probation. Uh, and womp, womp, womp. yeah. And so I was getting pressured very much to have this event um, and get us off probation. And I'm trying to manage everything else, keyword manage. Mm-hmm. And like just talking with them and like pleading, like, listen, I will do whatever you need us to do to make this happen for the seniors because they are pissed. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until all where I could start really trying to change things. Yeah. So that kind of like moves into the leadership challenge, which is, I mean, designed for faculty, staff, and students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what has been your experience with the leadership challenge and just kind of utilizing in the Stockdale f- fellows program or just using it during your grad school life like how have you been exposed to this no when you think about the uh the leadership challenge uh, it's centered in the in the five exemplary practices uh of um of leaders and um you know i first came across uh, uh the work of kuzis and posner when um i read the book good to great um, because the the five exemplary practices came out of uh, surveying different um, leaders of organizations and looking for the common themes that <clears throat> that really propelled their teams to um, to a greater success. And so, um, how that how that's been showing up though in my work, you know, I don't I don't really. I'm sure like if I reflected on it some more and spent some uh, time looking at my program's curriculum, I could tell you how it shows up in the Stockdale fellows a little bit more clearly. Um, but it's more like, it's more implicit than it is explicitly laid out there. Um, Would you say it's shown up more trying to assist in the strategic planning process at Monmouth? Yeah, you know, um, I think it shows up for me uh, more explicitly, like, in the way that I interact with others, for sure. Okay. Because um, uh, for anybody uh, unfamiliar, the uh, five practices of exemplary, exemplary leadership uh, model the way, inspire a shared vision, challenge the process, enable others to act, and uh, encourage the heart. Anyway, when you, when you think about all of those... Um, it's like okay way to throw out a bunch of buzzwords like you know um 
but I mean, it's very like common sense leadership practice stuff. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, if we used uh, model the way as our, uh, as our jumping point for, uh, for this week's episode, when they say model the way, um, you know, they say that exemplary leaders model the way because they recognize that to gain the commitment of followers, they have to achieve the highest standards of performance and they have to exhibit the behaviors they expect of others. Um, and, you know, very, um, textbook uh, definition. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a very, but it's also very common sense, right? Yeah. You, you want, when you think of people who you've, who you admire or you, who you value as good leaders, typically they model the way for the kind of behavior that you yourself want to exhibit. You know, it's every like scholarship uh, interview that we do for the college. Um, you know, that question comes out, you know, who do you admire as a leader? What about them do you value and how might you model those qualities in yourself? You know what I mean? So, um, any, anybody who uses anybody as an example, um, then that person has modeled the way, right? So it's, you know, I think about um, if you used your example of uh, leading um, slash managing ZBT, um, you know, when you are uh, living outside of the things that you have, um, that you as an organization has committed to doing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but when you think about the um all those different things that you're not doing right yeah people aren't paying their dues people are getting uh crappy grades um you know there are so many things out of alignment with where the where the org needs to be yeah um, and that you have to do it for <clears throat> everybody and so does that mean that the magic bullet is for you as the leader of the org to uh, pay their dues, uh, get better grades, not necessarily, um, because those are pretty hard, like hard and set measurements. And so yeah. it, it really becomes about how can we gain um, a commitment uh, or recommit to what we promised each other that we would do. And it starts with, um, you know, not only being accountable, uh, but holding others accountable. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, I can think of a number of things that um, that you did that model the way for what you want the organization to look like in the future. Um, and you know, that's the that's the value of <clears throat> of positional leadership because um, you have to have a careful balance between management and leadership. Yeah. Um, and if you have one over the other, it's just a little crazy. Yeah, and I think that was where mine was like, yeah, it was a bit crazy because I was certainly just in more management. Um, but I think, you know, you mentioned the positional leadership and how many times that, uh, you know, we've heard students say like, well, I'm a leader because I have a position in my organization. Ooh, yeah, and I'm always quick to go, hmm, but are you a leader? Yeah. <laughs> And they have an existential life crisis. Like, oh my God, what if I'm not a leader? Am I a well, yeah, human being? Because I think, especially at a small liberal arts college that's residential, like that is a big component of student life. Um, and trying to feel good, trying to do things that, you know, are changing others' lives for the better. And 
um, just helping people. So yeah, um, we talked a little bit about the values that someone has to have when they're modeling the way. Um, from your experience, what would you say happens when a leader's values are tested or put into question by maybe the um, the group they are leading or you know, the follower challenges them on their pointer mm. given perspective. Uh, so when you think about your values being tested um, or um, you have to um, act courageously at some level, right? So um, something's happening that you um, don't necessarily agree with. Um, you got to speak out or, um, or intervene. Right. Um, yeah. When you when you have to do things that, um, uh, I mean, they're all testing points, right? So uh, I can think about the um, the example that you used about uh, about formal um, and uh, having to uh, advocate for uh, for the seniors who were upset that the chapter was on probation, um, and so. <clears throat> you could have just stuck to your guns and said, um, Oh, to hell with you. Uh, we haven't been doing what we needed to do for years. We're not having formal, we're on probation. Yeah. Um, you know, that gets back to um, quiet Athena. Uh, <laughs> she's she's <laughs> wants some tension. So that's, yeah, that's why I, I gave, I, I had to barric, I had to barricade my door um, so that Sophie wouldn't come in. She has been just this morning. She has just had some interesting like cries for attention and it's just weirder than usual. So I don't know. I hope she's not sick. Oh, she's not sick. She's just, <laughs> just needy. She just wants some attention. Got it. You're saying about how I could have just told them no and just sticking to my guns. Yeah, I mean, because uh, we gotta be able to hold people accountable, and sometimes that's the hardest part, um, yeah. for especially for student leaders, because like you want to be able to maintain your relationships, because um, certainly the work doesn't happen alone, and you need you need other people to to help you get to where you need to go, yeah. and so, um, but um, you know, you have to be able to um, to know like where your lines are, what, what hills are you willing to die on? Um, and all of that comes from like a thorough reflection about like what you value, uh, you know, uh, what you um, anticipate as being right or wrong. But then even then still having some sort of giving yourself the um, ability to work from uh, work from an area where it's not always black or white, you know, um, being able to operate out of a gray area, uh, make some adjustments. But I think when we get our values tested or threatened, um, it's all about how we respond, right? So, yeah, I mean, I responded and essentially just, I mean, I got it done. Um, there were times where I was very much tested and just, uh, like considered quitting. Yeah. And it was just like, why am I in this organization that I'm putting so much work into and do not feel like people truly care or recognize like that I want us to be successful or, and that's, that's challenging, especially for a student leader. Um, oh yeah. And I think that's where we tried to like 
help. Hopefully there are students listening, um, you know, what they can learn from or try and incorporate in their own um, leadership philosophy, which is, I think for me, as someone who is still a bit new to the leadership game um, and still trying to learn, I always struggle with, um, you know, what is a leadership philosophy? How does one develop their own? So uh, if you could talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it comes from all around us, right? I, um, you know that I love talking about um, the connections between all of the things that we experience. Um, and so uh, in developing your leadership philosophy, you, um, you take that earlier question of who do you admire as a leader, right? And you, and you dial it up um, so that you can perfectly articulate uh, why it is they, um, they are a good leader to you. Um, and so when we come in to a new cohort, um, I have everybody, um, you know, consider their leadership philosophy. And so, uh, where does it come from? How is it practiced? How are you, how are you seeing leadership in action? And so, uh, sometimes we'll use like pop culture, uh, videos, uh, TV shows, uh, and those characters, We'll go to books, um, you know, fiction uh, usually, and um, you know how is how is character X practicing leadership here? Um, you know, you can look for leadership in songs. You can look for leadership in your coaches, your parents, your grandparents, uh, basically any family member, but also your friends, um, other peers that uh, that you admire, things like that. And so, uh, developing the the leadership philosophy is really being able to articulate um, not only who it is um, that um, that you've seen practice leadership, how are they practicing leadership, and why are the things that they're doing important to you when you consider the practice of leadership. Mm. Um, and so a lot of people stay on the surface level, right? Um, yeah. I value my father as a leader because um, he holds me accountable and always pushes me for success. Then that's the answer. Yeah. The follow-up is all right. Well, tell me more about that. Why are those things important? Um, and when you can have a kind of clear articulation of that idea. Um, yeah. You just, that's what informs the, like your position or the way that you lead others or would lead others if you're in that position. Right. Um, and you know, there's the other thing that's I think important to mention is that there's a very clear, distinct difference between a leadership philosophy um, and our leadership definition and a definition of a leader. Yeah. Uh, and anytime I've ever asked a student, tell me what your definition of leadership is. Uh, the answer always starts with, well, I think a leader is, and I'm like, mm, nope, that wasn't my question, but keep going. Well, and that, and what leads you to that response almost every time? Is that that they're just trying to list characteristics or? Oh yeah. You know, uh, because, because also that's how we see it. That's how we see it. Right. Right. Um, if someone is practicing leadership, then they are leader uh, and they are leader all the time. They're uh, practicing some elements of leadership. Yeah. But they aren't true. Like. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's so tricky. Uh, yeah. We can't complete the two. And so. Um, anyway, that's me taking y'all to school. Ooh, 
Well, you are a teacher. Uh, I yeah, we're all educators. We are. Uh, well, uh, Max, I don't know about you, but um, while there wasn't a whole lot of laughs uh, in this ep, uh, we uh, we that that was. Uh, that's the chair again. I gotta get some WD forty for this damn thing. Man. I honestly thought here's the last period, folks. I thought that was Haley screaming in the background. I thought she was like, "Hi, <laughs> hi, hi," or maybe Sophie just like yawning or something. Right. Um, but anyways, and, uh, uh, but no, I think I I like this a little bit. What? I said, I like it a little bit. And then I said, oh, maybe a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, we'll see what the, <laughs> our download rate is. Uh, and, you know, I think the, the idea moving forward is we're going to go through exemplary yeah. leadership. Uh-huh. Um, and so the next one would be inspire a shared vision, mm. um, which, you know, would be interesting to learn a little bit more and kind of how you do that in your role and kind of our reflections as student leaders. Um, Because I know that, you know, I talked a lot about my management and trying to model the way through my management, but uh, I think the shared vision really comes into play for the second semester and what we're doing now of, I mean, you talking about the Stockdale Fellows program and how you develop that. So, yeah. And you know, too, um, you can think about how you're inspiring a shared vision in your current role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how that's, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, it's going to be challenging because now I am kind of at a point where we are implementing something new. Uh, and there is, the big C word change indeed uh, and kind of navigating change through that part is challenging. Indeed it is. So uh, we will inspire a shared vision next time. And, you know, uh, in talking about the leadership philosophies, this is a good segue into um, over spring break. I will start interviewing um, Stockdale fellow first year students um, for um, kind of a deeper dive into their leadership philosophies. Uh, so in the weeks where uh, we don't have a ton of content, um, we could put out a little bonus up or two. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be great to have. I would love to hear from the students that are participating in the service learning trip that y'all are taking. Where are you, you going to Memphis? Yep. We're going back to Memphis. And what are you doing in Memphis? Uh, we'll be working with uh, Living Lands and Water. Do you see, do you see, do you see that? That's that that awesome. Has that been like that this whole episode? It's like a volcano on top of your head. Jake's oh. hair is some, some messy bed head for the. It almost, what does that almost remind me of? It looked like I kind of had a couple of devil horns coming out. It sure did. Now it kind of looks like you got like a, a whale spout coming out like you just. You got some like little. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, anyway, uh, this is the longest Midwestern goodbye. Oh, yeah. So, we'll look uh, forward to some uh, interviewing some Stockdale fellows uh, and then um, talking about inspiring a shared vision uh, next time. Uh, next time might be a little difficult 
um, might be going to be gone. I might be on my on my good data. Uh, so uh, if you uh, would be down with a with an evening uh, record time, I'll be in your time zone. Uh, yeah, but we'll just play it by ear. It also may be something that we do this Thursday or Friday, uh, depending on when you leave. Ooh, I, I leave on Sunday. Okay, so maybe we do an earlier episode this week because um, your boy has Thursday and Friday off. For what? Spring break. What? You get time off for spring break? And it's that not is, vacation days. That is some boo. Ooh, although I didn't learn that I get the Monday after Easter off this year. Oh, I have the Friday and Monday off for Easter this year. Well, so do I, but Monday just got added. So Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, anyway. All right, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, you can follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Max and I on our social media uh, listed below in the show notes. And if you want $40 off your first week of HelloFresh, mm-hmm check that good invite link in the show notes below yeah and you know if you're listening and you ever feel so inclined like wow i just really want to support the podcast or me in particular uh you can always just hit that good venmo on <laughs> s-e-i-s-s-e-r just send me just a dollar or two whatever you feel so inclined you know if if that's your intuition or I don't even know if I use that right, but if that is your uh, inclination, <laughs> inclination, there we go. Uh, like we're on a treadmill, I'm just going up. Uh, if that's what you want to do, just, you know, you know, if we, up. if we did want to do that, we could just relaunch the Patreon. That way you know, oh, we'll have to yeah. Bend uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Postmates is expensive, so. Hey, you know what? That is true. So is running and maintaining this podcast. Yep. Thanks, uh, Kenzie. You got a great internship experience. Thanks, Kenzie. Just kidding. We uh, can't pay you for this. And <laughs> we need in experience. We can. And if we get enough Venmos, I can always cut it in half and send it. But I think there's some kind of limit. Probably. I can't send like 50 cents. So, yeah. um, indeed. You know, maybe we just get a show account if it just starts popping off. So that's right. All right. Any, listen, anyways, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Goodbye.